You are listening to Gaming the Podcast by Indie by Design. My name is John Robertson and I am joined as ever by Stace Harmon. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Doki Doki Literature Club. Now, I do recommend that you play the game if you haven't already before listening to this episode as there are significant spoilers. There's not really a way to talk about this game without spoiling the narrative. So please take this as your warning and do play the game before listening. Let's play a clip before we go into talking about the game. Uh, can you hear me? <clears throat> Hi, it's me. Um, so you know how I've been like practicing piano and stuff and not really any good at it yet, like at all, but I wrote you a song. And I was kind of hoping that I could show it to you because I worked really, really hard on it. So, yeah. Okay, so Doki Doki Literature Club. Was it what you were expecting? (laughs) Not even remotely, in the best possible way. My God, it was when you uh, mentioned that we could, you know, we could talk about this on the podcast. It's a game that you'd heard some about and it was perhaps not a typical um a typical visual novel or waifu type game i was like okay well i'm I'm expecting some deviation from the norm or what i what i understand the norm to be then but not to the extent that it does it takes like a very hard left off of any any kind of known path i was or expected path um and i loved it for it i thought it was i've thought it was amazing i had like it wasn't just an enjoyable game to play the actual experience of because I played it on PC, messing around with the files, like the game files. There's something very visceral about that when you are going into the back end of a game and and extracting files and and like opening files that look like they shouldn't be opened. Because it's, you know, we all use computers so much that that is a very familiar thing. So to be doing that as part of a game, it feels like you're really doing something like fun on a fundamental level that is mm. is odd or different to a video game you you know you normally just see the the front end um so no yeah it wasn't it wasn't at all didn't didn't it exceeded my expectations in terms of what i thought i was going to get out of it and it also completely subverted my expectations in terms of the content of it because it is so offbeat um but also powerful like is it i found it to be an incredibly powerful experience and it made me think you know long and hard about certain aspects of mental health and depression and it was yeah it was just incredible like it was honestly one of the the most enjoyable game experiences i've had for quite a long time and part of that was very specifically because it went against all my expectations so yeah i can't gush about it enough really i mean you knew a bit more about it i think by the sounds of it than i did so yeah how did it fit I, with I, your expectations yeah well, i knew a bit more about it um i mean i've been aware of it vaguely since it first came out in uh, 2017 mm, i'd never even heard of it so um, that was another thing it's like spoiler free yeah and i knew that it took a turn i didn't exactly know what the turn was i i i knew i don't know how i knew i just knew through like osmosis that yeah, it, that just it be was aware on the internet yeah yeah that it was that it did include themes of depression and self-harm and anxiety and and those sort of um mental health um topics and and Mm. problems um but i didn't i didn't know that the game was ultimately going to be about the things that it became 
that, yeah. that it ended up being about, yeah. like as embodied through Monica and and um, mm-hmm. and the endings. Um, so yes, but even even though I knew somewhat of what to expect um, from the surprises, I yeah I, yeah as I say, I was still very surprised by it, and it, and it's still and it's still. It still hits hard, and it still hits hard. Is something to to think about and talk to other people about mm. um, after after it's all said and done, um, which is what we yeah. do on this podcast, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so the I think it's probably worth just a very brief recap. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club is a visual novel in which you don't. There isn't a tremendous amount of gameplay. You're not making loads of choices. You're not going down lots of branching paths. You're not influencing the outcome of events a lot. Like it's a reasonably linear story, but the story that it tells is is amazing, and the way that it does it even more so. Um, but it looks like a just a typical sort of high school. Oh, there's these cute girls. And it references that itself. It's the writing, I think, is very on point. It it kind of hits all the beats that you would expect from a game that looks like this. That is set in high school. The opening half you of are, it certainly does. The opening half of it, yeah, where you are a male who joins a club of which there are these these very just very cute anime style uh other members of this club, all of which are female, and that gets commented on. Um and it, yeah, then it goes down paths and it's, it plays with your expectations of you, the way that you're playing the game, the choices that you're making, the conversations you're having. And, you know, ultimately, what are your own, what are your motives here? What are your character's motives? You know, how much kind of titillation are you chasing? How much, you know, you want to just impress the cute girl. And then it takes that, uh, and hits harder because of it and, and makes, um, I mean, no, it doesn't make a fool. I was going to say it makes a fool of you. It doesn't do that. It may, it just, it takes your expectations. It made a fool of my expectations, which I, is one of the things I love about it. And I think because it's so rare to be surprised, I was like genuinely surprised by this. Uh, part of that is because I knew nothing about it. Um, but just the way that it plays out, it surprised me in a way that I think it's hard for games to do because they're so, particularly mainstream games, you know, they are advertised and marketed to death. There is, and and part of that marketing is often very specifically that you are left in no doubt what kind of game it is that you're going to be playing. And it's partly why, tangentially, that something like Elden Ring is, is doing as well as it is, I think, because it, it walks, it steps back from those expectations and stops short of giving you all the things that you think it should be or the way that it should work. And so, and that played out, yeah, to an extreme here. Um, I mean, by comparison, this is like a few hours. This isn't hundreds of hours of game. Um, no, I, I think within within that though, like it it does subvert your expectations, but it does it in a really clever way because like you expect these games, waifu games, to be about love and romance and connecting with a character, mm. and through it, Doki mm. Doki subverts that, but that. it's still about love. Like it's still yeah. about love, but it's still, but it's yeah. about a different kind of love than the one that you're expecting, and it it shines a light on not only your expectations and your desires, but on the desires of the characters in the game, as if they were mm. real, as mm-hmm. if they were real people. So it's like showing you the other side of like this imaginary other side of this relationship that you that you build with these characters. Um, 
like it's a i suppose it's a, it's one of the things it's about is it's it's like a comment on the choices and limitations that we have when playing games and that the characters are all essentially dead until we make everything about one of them right like we make everything about yeah. one of the characters and the girls are literally fighting uh or monica makes them fight each other i guess in a way or monica's certainly fighting to be the one to be loved because otherwise they're dead yeah right like they're yeah. not they're not anything unless you you um you love them so in order for them to have meaning you have to give them meaning and then you know from the other sides of the world from the other side of the game reality they're willing to literally destroy each other in order to in order to have that mm. um and otherwise monica, what's their point of existing yeah and monica understands that here uh, because Monica and, you know, of course, as mentioned in the intro, very heavy spoilers throughout this whole thing. But Monica mentions at the end of the game that she knows this is a game. And she even references the game's store page in which she writes a message to you as the player um, and says that she knows this is a game and she is trapped in it and the limitations of it she knows that everybody around her are just these two-dimensional characters and they they just are doing what their scripts are telling them to do and so and despite that she's reaching above those limitations to try to forge a connection and try to be loved and try and give her life meaning which is like that i mean it works on a tremendous amount of levels but it's it shows her to be not just like it, it does a thing of there's nobody evil in this game, in the way that we understand, oh, they're the bad guy. They're just here to oppose the hero. It's like, well, no, they're, they have their own motivations and their own, their own wants and desires. And they are motivated by those to go and do things. And maybe that means they make questionable choices, which they absolutely do. Um, but that makes it feel more real because I think that there's a, a line in it that references that, that, you know, bad things don't happen because there's, somebody is just an evil person they happen because the world is full of people that are just trying to get what they want and that doesn't make them bad it's just bad things can happen when you're then you know when you then get meet resistance to that and you have to see how far you will go in order to to get what you want and video games ask us that all the time you know like sometimes from a story point of view um like how willing you know how far will you go to save the one you love all that sort of stuff but they also do it through the choices that you make, because how will you just make choices because there's choices there to be made? Will you just go down a path because you can, because this NPC hasn't finished talking yet. So I'm just going to keep talking really, no matter what I'm saying, I'm just going to exhaust that dialogue. Yeah, I'm going to get everything out of the game. Skyrim yeah. And then, style. you know, it's done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it takes all of that. It packages it up into something that is the kind of thing that if somebody, watches it over your shoulder or walks in the room when you're playing it they're like what on earth is this well you'd be embarrassed right and i think and i think the game mm. plays on that it plays yeah. on certainly that that i you know that these are games that tend to be talked about in like hushed tone does it mm -hmm. say it says about mm -hmm. manga right it's something about manga like you you don't yeah. you don't admit that you like manga until the other person has kind of shown that until they like they've it shown their well. hand. yeah absolutely yeah 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 and so and 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 that is a Again, it's like it's not just the act of playing the game and the content being delivered 
in the lines as they're written it's everything about the game it's the fact that the game exists and it's a certain type of game it's the fact that the characters look a certain way it uses all of that to deliver its its message and for me at least to subvert those expectations of what it might be and there is a i think the two two sort of key moments that where that happened for me was this creeping dread of what happens to sayori um she's quite open with how she feels and how and i think what's what's been done really well here is it's written that she is she has suffered from depression for a very very long time that manifests in her behavior that you see it's mentioned that she's kind of almost like she's ditzy you know she always oversleeps and she always she never gets up on time to go to school and later on you find out that's because she's like chronically depressed and she does just some days lacks the motivation to get up so there's like these moments where it's you go back and when you play it again you see things that you know you perhaps didn't see the first time or you didn't understand the the reasons for and then they take that to a a fatal conclusion and it was during that moment that i had this just this like you know something bad's gonna happen it's and it feels bad and i had like genuine chills when it does happen there's two moments when sayori hangs herself and also she writes a poem which is very um uh the shining it's very all all work and no play makes jack a dull boy uh because it's just like get out of my head get out of my head and the way it's delivered is just through this like completely innocent moment and then that's what you're faced with and it it had this like genuinely visceral reaction to it where i was like my my scalp went all like tingly. I was like, I've got actual chills. It was it's like, yeah. when was the last time a video game did that to me? So yeah, that was a, a key thing for me. And that, and again, it comes from the, the expectation thing. It comes from just, yeah, not really being surprised very often. And even if you know something bad is coming, it can still, it can still surprise you in the way that that's delivered. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I can't really say enough good things about it. I've recommended it to several people already without telling them what it is. It's just like one of those, you should play this game, but I can't tell you why, basically. Um, and and all of this come, it comes also, if you, I played it on Steam, it comes from a free Steam game. The base game is you can just download on Steam and, and play it for yeah. free, um, yeah, which so, is pretty nuts as well. That's Yeah, I've got something to say about why <clears throat> potentially it's free. Um, but I think... but. Yeah, I mean, that's jumping ahead. So uh, on the things get like progressively worse, I suppose, for, well, they do, for um, some of the characters. Um, I think it's interesting in to in this sort of game that it's another character in the game or arguably the game itself, Monica, um, uh, uh who makes the other characters do more and more go more mm. and more down an extreme path um and it's interesting in that monica tries to make you love her more not by necessarily changing her but by she changes mm-hmm. the other characters to make <laughs> them not less lovable but more challenging right yeah. like so, so yeah. and and, it, and it's interesting to think about that in the context of these games in which basically these games involve tend tend to these games is a bit that's that's not very fair on the genre but the the stereotype of these games is mm. that they um you know they strip away any difficult elements 
related to yeah. the characters and just have like this is the cute one that's like the forthright one the confident one you know this is the the bookish one like whatever just these very mm-hmm. like thin cliches um with no difficult elements to them so then your task is just to decide like which cute elements do i mm-hmm. want to pursue here what am i in the mood for? yeah what should, what do i want from the menu today yeah That's yeah effectively because they're all subservient so it's just the question of yeah picking absolutely, yeah. yeah and then and the way that monica makes them less desirable i suppose is by in a way making them more real like yeah, more complicated <laughs> like they're more like the real people that you might come across in in the real world and the characters themselves um other than monica like they all uh, yeah they all reject your 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 attentions and like you have to like kind Mm -hmm. of you know work on them that sounds like a horrible phrase but like that is kind of what you're doing you need to like you need to break down their guards over time right in order to in order to um in order for them to to let you in so Mm. so from their perspective like you know they're programmed to have meaning only when uh you pay attention to them but their characters are or like the problems that they're going through all reject your attention so they're like inherently destroying themselves um whilst you're whilst you're playing and whilst you're trying to like court them they're destroying themselves in you know on the one hand yes i need this for my existence but then on the other hand like no this is making me feel worse about myself mm. um yeah. and monica then dials up to 11 and then ultimately they, they die um yeah yeah so basically uh yeah sorry hangs herself yuri stabs herself to death um yeah and you can see actually sorry on the on the on the yuri bit when yuri stabs herself to death and then you're left with her body for like Mm -hmm. an entire weekend Mm -hmm. and then monica (laughs) comes back and she's like oh my god i'm so sorry that must have been so boring (laughs) like like so so at the end at the end at the end of the day even though monica is like more self-aware uh she only is self-aware to the point that the limitations of this kind of game would allow her to really understand right like she yeah. just sees that as oh that was boring like that How wasn't fun for, for you. you like that yeah. wasn't very engaging yeah. and like it's purposely not engaging right like that sequence goes on for so oh, yeah. long yeah with, um, with nonsensical text like, it's not yeah, real text yeah. like it's, yeah. uh, surely that's just like a that's just like a satire a parody on on um the idea that like you know if you're not having a fun cute positive engagement then you might as well just be gibberish and nothing and mm-hmm. boring and like mm-hmm. and just, uh, ultimately <laughs> rejected and she apologizes for making it boring like ga- like the game games like this are supposed to be fun and light and whatever and it's like oh that heavy bit that you know that that bit that was difficult to understand that must have been boring for you mm. Mm. um which i think is yeah. really is really I mean, it breaks the fourth wall like crazy, but it, it's a really, well, not but, but almost like therefore, but it's, it's, um, yeah, like it breaks a fourth wall, but it breaks a fourth wall in such a way that it's not, it doesn't just explicitly tell you what to think. It like breaks a fourth wall in a way it's like, um, within like context. you have to work, you have to work yeah. to understand what it's trying to say. Yeah. It's, con- yeah, there's, con- there's context to, to that commentary and, yeah and i think that's that's again that thing of playing with the expectations i think is is that like because it does 
it's not like it completely subverts all expectations from the offset. It, like you mentioned, from the first half of the game, it is very, for the most part, there's little clues here and there, but it's very what you would expect it to be of a game of this type if it were to be just a standard experience, kind of waifu experience. So it sets that up. It plays into that. It asks you, it's like, no, just, we're going to take our time. You're going to, you're here for a reason. You're, let's, let's, you know, indulge this to an extent. And then even when things start going completely nuts, it still has little touches of that. And, and again, that's like why it's, why it's powerful. It doesn't just become a completely, it's not like a wolf in sheep's clothing. It like, it doesn't just become a completely different thing. It still has elements of it, which is part of what makes some of the stuff more disturbing because, because I, yeah, I agree that these, they exist and they become real when you pay attention to them and you give them meaning, but th- their little backstory things of basically each one of them has a problem. I mean, not just a problem like, oh, this cute boy doesn't like me. Like they have real fundamental mental health problems. And some of the, I mean, like the one that I found the most disturbing was Natsuki's one, which was basically her home life and her father. And that is like an obvious, like you you say that it's like, well, that's obvious she's being abused, but it's the form of, it's the form the abuse takes. I think it would have been really easy just to say, let's just hint or say outright that she's being sexually abused by her father. It would, that would just be the very straight, it would be this almost the lazy way of doing it. It would, it would still subvert expectations. It would still make you feel something for that character, but it's far more subtle than that. Like the abuse is, is far more insidious than that. And she doesn't get enough to eat because her dad doesn't have food in the house. And that plays into her character. Uh, Monica mentions at one point that she thinks that's why she's so small because she's malnourished and that's screwing with her, um, her adolescence and her, her going through puberty and her growth cycle. And it's like, it's, it's just unpleasant. It's just like systematic abuse. And she mentions if you have Natsuki over to your house, because at one point you can have Yuri or Natsuki over to your house to help with some school stuff. Cause that's the other thing In, as while this is all going on. There's just everyday school stuff in the background that you're meant to be getting on with. And she mentions that, oh, you know, I can't be out too long or I can't, I shouldn't eat too much cake while I'm here because when my dad cooks, I really need to try and eat as much of it as I can. And it's just like, I I found it devastating. It was just, oh my God. And there's stuff in the game files as well. If you search through those about her, uh, her writing poems about her dad things that she likes about her dad things that she doesn't like and she likes it when she shows an interest and but she doesn't like it when he's judgy and all of this stuff and then like the final two lines of that are um i something like i like it when um my dad's too tired for anything and then like she breaks that sentence down and delivers it in a different way uh and it's just like god it's i found it really like hand like head in hands like oh it, i really felt empathy for this you know, cartoon character mm. because obviously it's representative of a real situation and and yeah, it was uh it kind of it kicked me where it hurt. Um so yeah, so there's I mean that's again should be enough to kind of highlight how how much it it doesn't just play with expectation, it, it really it doubles down on it and, and there's been time and effort spent here to represent things and represent mental health issues um 
far more than just paying lip service to them and that makes it i think all the more powerful like sayori being confused she doesn't understand why when she's getting everything she thought she wanted why does she still not feel happy why does she still feel the way that she does and it's because she's depressed like she's it, there is no just oh yes i love you oh cool now i'm you know happy ever after it's like and it's devastating because she doesn't she's scared yeah and it's, it's just, I thought it's just like it, it made me think about mental health in that way. If you can't, you know, we all know that you can't solve other people's problems, and you're not responsible for other people's happiness. But that it really was like, no matter what you do, sometimes you can't help, well, no matter how well-meaning you are or how well-intentioned you are, yeah, or yeah. not. Well, yeah, and it and it shows that just by giving these girls attention, then that's that's not enough to solve it. I mean, Sayori's case, it makes her feel explicitly much worse yeah yeah um but it's interesting that it that it does it in 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 that way that each individual character doesn't necessarily feel better through um the intent the the attention but on the other side of that monica and the game do feel better through just simply uh engagement and attention Mm -hmm. and i think in that way it's Mm -hmm. not just a commentary on these kinds of games it's commentary on any game like in that the the commentary extends to including any and all games that seek to hold uh, your attention and ask you to pay attention for it mm. to it over um, over other games. Like at the end, she tells you that she's here for you forever, absolutely mm-hmm. forever. But you have to engage with her world on her terms in order for that that love to exist. Yeah, um, and the only way to break that love is essentially to delete the game. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of things on that. I don't know how because you played on Switch, didn't you? And I understand that the Switch version has a has yeah. recreated a, a a desktop effectively yeah. for yeah. you to go in and and mess with the files. Um, and there's plenty of hints to this. And sometimes, like outright, Monica says at the end. I think there's some text files in the, actually in the game files that talk about. Um, oh, hang on, this is it's like Monica's typed some stuff in into these text files um oh wait a minute this isn't working out oh it, it would just be easier if i delete her completely because she's the one causing all the trouble and she mentions that oh yeah i just deleted their characters you'd be surprised how easy it was yeah. she's telling you that if you go looking for the file you'll find a character file i mean it's just a text file but you'll find a file called monica in a characters folder that you can then delete and that then takes that it takes it to the next you go a bit further down the rabbit hole monica as this disembodied voice because you've deleted her character starts questioning what you're doing and why you're doing it and through eventual realization she restarts the game and this is the bit i don't know if you saw this but she restarts the game with without her in it she's taken herself off of the off the character screen and then it turns out that sayori now is president it's like monica's never been in the game but it's something about being the president of this club gives you this access to this like this knowledge that you're in a game. The character that holds that presidential position of this club then has this damning, like terrible knowledge that they are just in a game. Well, I I think more than that, I think they become the game by being like the head of that club. They become the overseer of the game. Yeah. But with all its limitations and understand it with all. and, And if you delete, because you can, you can mess around with that. If you delete Monica's character file, just at the beginning of a normal game. Mm. Sayori is immediately promoted to president, but you don't get to see any of this. This only makes sense retrospectively. Sayori is immediately promoted to president. 
And in the very first scene, instead of her catching up with you to walk to school, she says, what's going on? Is this all there is? What am I? Make it stop. And the game crashes and ends. It doesn't crash, literally, but it looks like it crashes and ends because you've promoted her to president by deleting. So you're like, it responds to the way that, to when you do stuff and has this other life outside of going through the events of the game. It's like, well, okay, if you want to try this, it will, you can, you can affect things and, and it won't always make sense initially, but once you've seen basically everything the game has to offer, then retrospectively stuff makes sense. And that's like, you know, again, it's like it, it's that thing of being rewarded for experimenting that, you know, we talk about with usually within a game, like it's within the, Oh, I can take this tool. I can use the gravity gun in half-life and in half-life two. And, you know, I can, I can do all sorts of crazy things with it. And isn't that amazing within the context of the game? Well, this is kind of taking that idea to another level of you start messing around with the files of the game and the game itself responds to that and and makes that more content for you to engage with so it's yeah i mean it is uh again yeah. it's just incredibly clever yeah okay well i think this yeah so this leads into the the game being free thing because i think the game is not just reactive in that way it's actively well it's, it's active and and i and i I mean, this might be just totally wrong, but I think, and it, but, but it works, I, I think, as a theory, that the game is free be, on Steam because it's like, it's like the game, Monica, at the start of the game, is working hard to have people engage with it as much as possible. So you mm-hmm. make it free because it gets more people in the door. Like Monica mm-hmm. knows that that's going to... The only way she can exist and have meaning is by having people play it. So how do you, how do you do that? You make it. Yeah. Mm. So you make it, you make it free. The game, like the game has so much merch around it. Like Mm -hmm. you can buy it officially and surely that's like, so making it free and then, then making money off the merch. That's exactly how any big franchises work. Like, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants movie, whatever. These are all, they don't make money through the movie. They make money through Mm -hmm. the merch and these kinds of games, these waifu games, they make a huge amount of money through the merch of like, you know, cushions and mm-hmm. books mm-hmm. and key rings and whatever, t-shirts, whatever. Um, and so, so yeah, the game, so that being free, I think it's almost part of it, it. It comments on the actual design and the meaning of the game itself. I think that's more than just a business decision to make it free like it Mm. it empowers the message of the game so much to make it free it makes the game feel so much more alive and active in terms of what it's trying to say um and i also think yeah it's free like it's free to play but it's not a free to play game yeah yeah it's free to play like like, yeah it's literally free to play it but it's not a free to play game with everything that that usually entails yeah yeah and the game is so meta, right? It's so meta. Uh, often almost obnoxiously so sometimes. <laughs> like the way it's just like throwing stuff at you. It's like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And then and they'll say like the same thing in a different way again. It's like, yeah, I mm-hmm. know. <laughs> um, but I think that's almost designed so that people like us will talk about it and be like, wow, yeah. like how meta it is. And it's like how yeah. memeable it is and how like, you know, and again, that gives the game more life. It's more people talking about Monica. It's more people talking about her world. Uh, and I also think the fact that it's a literature club, what do you do at literature? Club? You work, you read too much into things. 
Like mm-hmm. I that's not an accident <laughs> either. Uh, so I think every single element, right, within well, not every element, but so many elements, both within the game and how the game is presented on every level, like uh, the fact that it's priced, it's the literature club, all this stuff, the fact that it's got a crazy life on Reddit and whatever. Mm. Mm. Um, none of that is by accident, and uh, and I think it's super brave and refreshing and just pleasantly creative and like subversive (laughs) to say i will use i will make my game free because it makes the game more powerful like yeah it's it's not not just to get more people in which obviously it does that's part of the power that we're talking about here but yeah so um i don't know yeah yeah it's just the creativity of that and, and, and the dedication to the art um to say here's free because there's no reason for it to be free like yeah. I know it's not free on all on all platforms, licensing on Nintendo and whatever you have to pay something, but um yeah, it's just really refreshing and really like admirable that um, yeah. that they've gone that they've gone that far down that down that message. Yeah, and and that so that is that is um absolutely yeah, I think absolutely that is yeah, I think that's a really the fact that it's free as part of the game's identity and the story that it's telling and the message yeah. it's telling. Because yeah, all these people is. that you're telling to play it like their barrier to entry yep. is having Steam, yep. basically. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, even but you can also get it. You don't actually need Steam, do you? Like you can get it. Um, it's available. It's available out there to download uh, through somewhere like Itchio or something like that. You yeah. don't actually need the Steam version, and that's commented on. Monica comments on that at the end of the game. She talks about how easy it was to change the files and mess around with things. And then she says, "Oh, but actually, it was a bit. You're playing on Steam, so it was a little bit harder." Um, because I had to go in and I had to manage, I had to browse local files. She gives you the path, but she's giving you all the tools mm. to go and start exploring yourself in these backend files. She doesn't matter what you call your character. She says at the end, oh, whatever you've called your character, Bob. She says, oh, oh do you go by Stace or whatever? Because yeah, she's yeah. reading your My Steam character profile. was called Lyle. I have no idea why. I just thought it was like a funny name for one of these sorts of games. So everyone was like, oh, Lyle, you're so sweet. <laughs> um so yeah so this is all it's all like bundled up and there is a note from the developer who talks about Mm. this who talks about the creativity who talks about delivering stories in a way that is just not possible via other media or at least this it's enhanced the way of telling this story is enhanced by the fact that it's a game which i think again and we've touched on this particularly in recent weeks but historically as well that that's when a game is at its strongest when it's not trying to be a film it's not trying to deliver its story in you know play some game and now have some cinematic um and you know i love the last of us uh and that is how that tells its story but this is a game and is tells its story in the best possible way through being a game and exploring what that means and just taking some risks and being creative, you know, thinking slightly outside of the box. Um, and you only get that message. You, you get the message from the developer as the last thing. If you To get that, you have to jump through hoops. You have to do some save scumming, which, again, is very meta. It's very part of the game. It's very part of video games. I'm going to make this. De- I'm going to save, make a decision. Then I can go back to that save and I can make different decisions. You have to do that on a single playthrough, write poems for all of the girls uh basically access stuff that can't happen concurrently in the game you have to have both yuri and natsuki over to your house on slightly different branches of the same playthrough um and then eventually you'll get this this ending where 
yeah the final the final fourth wall breaker is like a literally handwritten note, note from yeah. the developer to to you the player yeah and surely that like the jumping through hoops to to get all that is surely another play on mm-hmm. the on you look it up. On, uh, yeah and, and surely another play on the fact that so many games not just this kind of game many games m- increasingly more games make you do a, a lot of just like drudge work basically mm-hmm. to get through and just engage <laughs> engage 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 oh and here's a gift at the end and now that you've done all of this ridiculous amount of engagement yeah. in order to give the game life in order to for the game to mean anything or in order for the game not to be dead and you know whatever else yeah so so it's one of those things like it's one of those examples where uh we mentioned this the other week what did we mention oh stranger of paradise that didn't you 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 know the impression is that it's not doing things on purpose it's just kind of happening by accident like here it, everything does kind of feel on purpose to the point where the, the game's almost trolling you with it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know which which does play it checks some it. stuff in there yuri has some like when monica is effectively typing over the game text and putting script yeah in, yeah yeah it does it it you know, Yuri talks about, oh, you, I love your writing so much. I'm going to take it home and read it and clutch it to my chest. And then, like, Monica inserts a thing and, oh, I'm going to touch myself whilst reading it over and over. Mm. Because, again, it's very aware of the kind of game that it is. Like, you're here or you would normally be here potentially for a certain type of content and experience. And it doesn't ever lose sight of that. Like, it's like, yeah, I know. I know who you are. <laughs> I know why you're here. I know that, yeah, you know, you're not here to... to play a literature club game you're here for other reasons so yeah i think it does troll you absolutely it's um it's it doesn't shy away from doing that and is is all the better for it um it reminds me we talked recently about the on the one of the Elden ring podcasts we did uh where we talked about that meme of if ubisoft made Elden ring um mm. and it's not necessarily specific to ubisoft but about how how different the screen would look and how how information would be delivered completely differently and it reminds me of something very specifically that ubisoft did do recently which was the far cry 6 thing where it emailed mm. they emailed you and as if from the dictator uh kind of arch villain character in that game saying oh thanks for being a thanks for you know not thanks playing the nothing. game very much yeah. yeah i've i've done yeah thanks for not like engaging thanks for not doing anything i've had a great time i've been taking over territories this that and the other and it was so heavy-handed and this feels like the antithesis of to that and it's it's like this is a you're achieving the same thing but the method by which you've gone about it like you said, Monica says at the end, like there is just me and you now. There is no more game. I'm here. I can give you all the time in the world, but you just have to spend that time with me yeah. on my terms. And the, yeah. that's what Ubisoft was trying to achieve there, but it was just so yeah. It, it's the antithesis. It's the antithesis of of that. But that same tactic would work well with Doki Doki Literature Club. If Monica oh, yeah, emailed if Monica you, was writing to you and was like, "Where <laughs> have you gone? <laughs> I'm I'm sat here in the Got room. A Steam message. I'm like, just I'm in purgatory. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in purgatory here by myself. Like, please come back. I love you or whatever. I'd be like, oh, that's actually really quite cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with Far Cry doing it, it's like, what well, you get lost. Yeah. Like this is not. That's not the kind of game this is. Um, yeah. And and so I guess some of that is um, it's not unfair, but some of that is it's, Ubisoft should be aware of it. It's like it's a massive 
you know, triple A studio behind it. And it just, it has a completely different connotation when a game like that does it, when a publisher like that does it of that size. It's like, it's like Amazon emailing you to, you know, to say, oh, we thought you might like this. And oh, you've got a birthday coming. It's just like, it's so, it just feels, you know, <laughs> unpleasant. It's, uh, so, but yeah, this game absolutely gets away with it. Monica has a Twitter account, so you can go, <laughs> you can engage in, in that sense if you want to go and follow her on Twitter. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's. I mean, the, the I was pleasantly surprised. My expectation of it was one thing, and I love that. I kind of I love when I'm proved wrong in my well, not wrong, but you know, just like when something completely goes against what I think I know it's going to be. Um, even if even with all of these spoilers, I would say if you're listening to this and you haven't played it, go and play it, irrespective of the spoilers. And and you know, as yeah, the game as a virus, like you might play it and then you might send it or spread it or talk about it to somebody else who doesn't know what it is. Cause that's what I've done. I bought, I, I played the free steam version. I've bought it on switch so that my wife can play it. I'm not going to tell her what it is. I'm going to tell her anything about it. Um, I may even skip past the intro bit where it talks about the warnings and says about, you know, don't play this if you're easily disturbed. I might just put her straight in the game. So she literally has no idea. Uh, and I've talked to my sister about it and it's that thing of just, yeah, it's the kind of game that you want to talk to people about it because it's refreshing. And that's, yeah. you know, that's, that is, it just feels good. That's big, particularly with the kinds of games we've been playing recently. It's just nice to play something that feels like a breath of fresh air. So yeah. Have, have you been inspired to play other games in this genre? Because the more I'm concerned that read, like, like them, that, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, th- this, the more I, I'm no, I'm no expert in this genre, but reading around it, like literature club is certainly not the, the only game that subverts the, sure. that yeah. subverts the genre in, in, in interesting ways. They do often tend to be horror games from mm-hmm. what I've read. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm no expert, but it is. It has made me feel uh, feel that it's like a genre that's probably I've not given enough attention to, uh, mm. probably respect mm. as well. Yeah. Yes, I will. I will go and look. I mean, in terms of the the sort of the genre, this is is uh, satirizing or is a parody of or a commentary of. Um, I have uh, World End Syndrome on Switch. I've had it for a while, and I've kind of dipped into it. I think I'm going to struggle to go and play that now because I'm just going to have this in the back of my head uh, and all of the clever things that it does and the commentary that it provides on games like World End Syndrome. Even and I may be being unfair to World End Syndrome. Um, so Monica has won overall. Then basically, like she's yeah. basically yeah. she's ruined all other options for you, and you're just going to have to go back. And I'm just going to have to go her. back and play it again and delete the files. Uh, you delete your first run text file in there, and then you can play the game again. And I'll, yeah, I'll just keep uh, yeah. <laughs> playing. It there are again. there are little hints. I I haven't gone back to check this, but um, I read that. You, there are hints from immediately when you first, when anyone just first starts playing the game. If you just look at the files immediately, like Monica's character file is bigger than all the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I also, I should just quickly say, I've, I, because I was playing on PC, I've, I went and downloaded uh, an RPA file extractor, um, and then ran a bunch of the files through it because there's like text, there's image files, um, which are just when you open them because they're these RPA files, it's just a bunch of code. And then you run it through these this RPA extractor, which has been created by the developer, I believe, for the purpose of this game, or games like it. Um, and 
that gives you access to a bunch of extra stuff and like the text files are called certain things like can you hear me and there's like what's going on here and random characters that you open it and it's full of meta fourth wall breaking stuff um so yeah i kind of went down a rabbit hole play almost played a separate game of going into the game files and just seeing what's there and seeing what's there at different stages of the game when you first Mm. start the game like you just said like when you first start the game what what do the character files look like um how much information is there right from the off and then at different stages of the game you can go back into those files and and keep exploring and you can do that on switch as well because it's got this back end uh kind of meta structure um so yes it looks like the evil empire that like you're that you're like going into all the backgrounds and stuff are um, yeah isn't it it like meta it's some i think um so yeah i will i will i will explore other games like this and yeah because it's kind of given me a given me an appetite for things that are just a bit different bit darker bit yeah a bit subvert subversive okay well i'm sure we could carry on talking about it for um forever which is exactly what what monica was like i I always say monica as well like not the game like i i prefer to think of the game as monica like it's just i don't know it's just more powerful to me Mm -hmm. anyway um so we've done monica's bidding here (laughs) um yeah um so i guess it's fitting uh if we have her song at the end at the end of the game play us out at the end of end of this podcast Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gaming the Podcast. Your support really does mean a great deal to us and is massively appreciated. So if you've got time, then please do subscribe to the podcast if you're not already. A quick reminder that we are available on all podcast platforms as well as in video form on YouTube. And if you have a moment to leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, then that would also be wonderful. Don't forget that we are on Twitter, we are at Indie by Design, and through our Twitter bio you'll also find the link to our Discord where we'd love to see and host you. Here at Indie by Design we love video games and we are dedicated to sharing that love with you through the books that we create. If you are interested in checking those out then please do head over to IndieByDesign.net where you'll find all of our books including officially licensed ones on Oddworld Inhabitants and Double Fine Productions. All the best, stay safe, and we'll see you again next week.